part so why are you so exhausted i know part of it for me is the news and whatnot and the fact that we just went through our second impeachment trial and it failed miserably yeah why i guess that's why i'm so exhausted yeah i guess we're in the episode now i mean maybe i don't know Maybe. Do you want to? Should we introduce the episode? I guess so. Uh, or, or do you want to talk about your um, terrible eating habits a little bit more? Nah, we can get off the food thing. That's fine. Uh, let's get to the episode. Let's do it. Right. Let's do it. Welcome. Okay. All right. All right. Welcome to my America. Here's the music. Do, 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 do. You know, I don't know. Um, I feel like. You... Oh, you know what? Do you want a theme song? No. No, nah, I think you just nailed it. So I did. Fine. I totally did. And I just saw. It. I was looking, and yeah. I'm a member of multiple podcasting groups. You know. And and it, people off. I'm totally nerd. People often ask about music, and my the best part. Here's the best part. Now I'm all about free because I don't have any money. But when somebody asks, "How can I get free music?" I'm like, "Wait a minute, you don't want to pay for music? Like, there's an art yeah. to that. You don't want to pay the artist." So I get offended, although I still want free too. So anyway, that's the dich- yeah. dichotomy of me. Um, but people ask about theme music, and so often people like there's so many opinions about it. Right. And so I have other shows yeah. that I have produced that I host, whatever they have music, but then ours doesn't. And I, and I kind of like that. So there you go. Anyway, I like it too. I, um, have another podcast that has not launched yet. That is the exact opposite of this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, but we, we have theme music for it because it's, it, it just works for that one. Yeah. But, and I, listeners i edit the show so if you have any issues take it up with dan still i'm not strong enough for it but that's, <laughs> that's not true but um i tried to put theme music in it and then was like mm, i like that we don't have it so mm-hmm. so instead of theme yeah. music and instead of a recorded like produced intro the intro is this so there you go uh <laughs> well welcome to my america a podcast where uh i dan uh, bring a centrist, maybe a little bit of right of center, uh, independent viewpoint to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bring a male's point of view. I am cisgender. He, him are my pronouns. Uh, married to a cisgender woman. We have kids. We're a blended family. That's the only like non-super Norman Rockwell thing about us, I guess. <laughs> um, from the Midwest, right of center, left of center, somewhere in the center now politically. Uh, and yeah, I'm a marketer by trade uh, or by profession or whatever you want to call it. I, uh, I love podcasting and I wanted to have these conversations about what my America looks like with my favorite writing partner, my only writing partner, my, yes. my favorite cousin. Uh, I have many of those. No competition there. That's right. Uh, Kim. So Kim, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself then? Uh, I'm Kim and I think we've nailed it. There you go. So on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like interesting uh, Prince? No. I'm I'm Prince. Okay. <laughs> like I'm Kim. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like you kinda you know, you get you get it. Yep. yep. So we're fine. Yep. No. Uh no. Uh my name is Kim. I am a straight cisgender white female living in Los Angeles. I work in television production. I also run a nonprofit that is aimed at Increasing voter turnout by looking at the way that we teach voter education, mm. K through 12, all the way um, post, post-schooling post as well. Um, I am to the left. The center is a dot in my rear view mirror. <laughs> um, and pulling Dan as far to the left as possible. He's stubborn. It's not going super well, but, it, uh, you know, it's depends on who you not, ask. not for lack of trying. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's um <laughs> And I'm sure a lot of people would agree it's probably my fault also yeah. in some ways, yeah. big and small. That's fine. <laughs> um, That's fine. I'm fine with it. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about my America. I, I think this episode today, what we're going to talk about is indicative of the podcast itself, which is that you and I are patriotic people. We genuinely love this country. Very hard to start a nonprofit to try and get people to vote if you don't believe in the future of this country. Right. Uh, and I think... As with anything, today's Valentine's Day. Um, today, as with any type of love, if it doesn't hurt you emotionally, in some way, right? <laughs> is your heart really in it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> not that, no, um, not that, was it not that you should be hurting in relationships, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard me right in the middle realize that I had made a terrible analogy, but I knew I did, and yet 
stubbornly couldn't stop that's all right listen in in Um, some way love often does disappoint us hurt us like no one is perfect like i have a very happy happy marriage but i know that often i annoy the crap out of my bride so like i get it i get it but also with love you want to push yes and and you you want them to be the best version of themselves and and that's what we're going to talk about today in general and that's what this podcast is about wanting this country to be the not not in totally but part of it is wanting this country to be a better version of itself yeah and 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 that's where like this week just i wasn't shocked by any means how this second impeachment trial landed i was no a little surprised pleasantly and unpleasantly at different parts of it you know seven republicans broke rank the most bipartisan vote ever in an impeachment um And, and kudos to those seven, like, you know, and I, and I have up on my other screen here who they are. So we'll name them here in a minute. Cause I really think it's important, but like, but I was also not so pleasantly surprised that it wasn't more how, mm-hmm. how, how I, Oh my gosh, I can't. I, yeah. I, um, it, especially because so if you didn't watch the trial closely, it was a lot of it was pretty expected. Um, Trump's defense ran on a First Amendment argument, which we'll get into probably in a minute. I, I think that that was, I, I guess, for the defense, probably the right move in general. Uh, it's a gross misinterpretation of the First Amendment. So uh, there's that. But the prosecution ran on the idea that Trump uh, just kind of looked at the timeline of his language surrounding surrounding the election and tried to really nail down different incidences. Look how he reacted when uh, a bunch of Trump folks tried to run Kamala Harris's bus off the road. Right. Look how he reacted when Governor Whitmer was uh, her. The kidnapping plot was revealed, you know, lo- looking at the language around it. Michigan Governor and Whitmer, so, by the way. Y- yeah. Yeah. Um, that woman from Michigan. That woman from Michigan. Oh, so, um, uh, so I, I think the prosecution made a made the right call. But then later it came out, some of the things that they talked about that were new pieces of news were things like Mitt Romney, I mean, heading right towards the mob before he gets turned around by American hero, Eugene Goodman. And then also the news that Mike Pence, that Trump knew Mike Pence had been taken out and that they were chanting hang mike pence when he tweeted 10 minutes later that mike pence was a coward that he quote didn't have the courage to do what needed to be done so that piece of information was new um nailing down that timeline was new and then right before the end so friday night they talked about or it it was revealed that kevin mccarthy actually called trump on the sixth and and they got into a pretty heated argument with kevin mccarthy saying you have to take tell these guys to turn away you have to stop them you're the one that can control so making a pretty clear line of um ownership over this insurrection and then trump telling him well kevin i guess these people care more about the results than you do i just which i i I, (laughs) yeah chris hayes on msnbc nailed it he said that that if true is psychopathic and that's not that's that's just what it is. That's a psychopathic yep. way to look at something like that. Yep. Certainly not um, diagnosing our 45th president, but seems, you know, seems in general. like psychopathic behavior. It sure does. Uh, so even given all of that, you know, given the fact that he made it pretty clear he was willing to put his vice president's life in danger, given that he um, made it pr- that pretty clear that in that call with McCarthy – all that news broke on Friday. The, the McCarthy call broke. And so on Saturday, there was a little bit of commotion. Maybe we'll call witnesses. Democrats were able to call witnesses um, for reasons that I think will be clarified later. They chose not to call witnesses, yeah. which I politically like from a political like a poli view of it. I guess I agree. Uh, it's disappointing as hell. I don't think it was the right move for. You know. Well, so I I read I something know. today. It's really really hard. It is. It is. It's not. There's no. There's no easy answer to it. I read something today that got me thinking about it in this way. Like, because my thought was, why the hell wouldn't you call witnesses? Are you kidding me? Call witnesses. Have McCarthy 
under subpoena tell you what that call was have other like Mm -hmm. do this have pence tell you exactly what happened have have kamala harris talk about it have uh, ocasio cortez talk about it you know Uh, just do it but then his so so here's what i read um his defense attorney said if you do that i'm gonna call up 300 witnesses and and then Mm -hmm. that would have muddied the waters taken months then and now we're drawn out and now we have like we're already suffering from pandemic fatigue and pandemic anger can you imagine impeachment fatigue on top of that so like i yeah. like i understand it logically okay we're not going to do that so let us at least submit you know from um uh, herrera so they they submitted her statement and that was allowed okay mm-hmm. fine so it's on record but it still didn't have the impact of her actually telling it and being able to be questioned and let let his lawyer question her that's fine but the whole the whole idea i just yeah and i don't even know yeah where to start unpacking i go back and forth because just looking at the logistics of a trial like this what you can do is kind of put the trial on hold so so what needs to happen is um they after opening arguments after uh both sides have made their case you have the ability to call up witnesses uh, you need to take a poll or uh, a poll. <laughs> you need to just ask around, see how people feel. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> um, no, you need to take a vote. <laughs> you need to take a vote and see if you can call witnesses. Now, the Democrats and Republicans obviously are 50-50 split in the Senate because Kamala Harris can't vote in something like this. It has to be um, a majority vote within the Senate. But because there were five, then six, and then we'll get to ended up being ultimately seven Republicans siding with the Democrats throughout this trial. They did have the majority. They had the ability to call witnesses. Once that happens, you have to decide on the rules of the witnesses. Then you get the witnesses. They have to be deposed, all this kind of stuff. Now, Castor said uh, lots. That was his quote, lots of witnesses, you know, 300, however many he wanted. Of course, he wants to muddy the waters. He wants to slow down the process. I can understand that that we don't want to have that many witnesses because we we need to just get this going, right? But you can also, the, the business of the Senate cannot get done while the trial is happening. Yeah. But if witnesses are being deposed and you're able to kind of put the trial on hold while witnesses are being deposed and then you can move forward with the business of the country and then come back once all the witnesses so, you know, technically, yes, it would have been possible. But again, now we're talking about months of this. We're talking about re-traumatizing people who were in a, a very dramatic uh, and traumatizing situation. And what does it do? Nothing. It does nothing. Politically, I think it would have been great to watch them have to listen to these harrowing stories um be reminded again and again and again how much how much of their lives were actually in danger how close we were i mean truly just a one man away from just one officer away from a a, a tragedy an absolute tragedy it still wouldn't have changed anything Uh well it would not have changed anything you had ted cruz going to trump's team into their war room on breaks. Yeah, how unacceptable. How is that even like wh- what you don't get in I don't I don't know. Yeah. That blew my mind. Now, like I understand this is not civil court. In civil court you wouldn't do yeah. that. But I understand it's not civil court. So like this is different. But the so the, the the rules of engagement whatever are maybe a little different, but I still don't understand how you as a juror can go into the defense and give them your opinion. And that's what it's, two of them it's did. It's so screwed up. It's just it, the trial itself is all upside down and backwards anyway, because he has a right. Trump has a right um, for a trial by a jury of his peers. Now, he is the president of the United States. He doesn't really have peers. The closest he can get is a trial in the Senate. That's kind of the best he can do. Um, now, now, later, what I would presume will happen is he will be tried uh, in criminal court and his jury of his peers will be Floridians or New Yorkers or whatever. Right. I would imagine that'll happen to him ideally multiple times for the multiple crimes he appears to have committed. Um, but he doesn't, as president, he don't really have peers. You get the Senate trial. That's kind of the best you can do. The thing that makes this an upside down and backwards trial is that like the witnesses, um, the 
victims of this crime, those are also the senators. Whether they're able to, ready to, willing to accept that, all 100 senators are victims of what happened on the 6th. Right. And some of them probably need a whole lot of therapy to unlock and unpack what happened because they've buried it down so deeply, Ted Cruz. Um, but, you know, it, it, so it's hard to be like, you're the victim of the crime. But you also, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, helped orchestrate the crime. And also, for some reason, you don't understand the basics of how the world works, you morons, which I'll get to in a second. So you don't understand that it's politically advantageous to convict Trump of the crime. Like, so you're all screwed up. Yeah. But we're going to trust like you're a juror in this i i don't understand i don't understand so here so as a as an average citizen and again you know coming at this from a, a centrist pretty centrist point of view you know I've, I've i've voted republican for a long time i supported republican lawmakers for a long time i became friends with friends acquaintances with some over the years and and then all and also some democratic you know Dem democratic party uh leaders too but I'm coming at it from a, a centrist point of view and and I'm and I'm just I'm baffled. I'm absolutely positively baffled. And here's what this whole thing taught me. Okay. As an as an average citizen, here's what it taught me. Now I want to preface this by saying that what I'm about to say is hypothetical. It is it, this is not a plan that I have. This is not like, but this is what it taught me. That I can say whatever I want on any platform that I want. I can make threats to our own lawmakers and not be held accountable. I used to think that if I made any kind of a threat against the president, even jokingly, that the Secret Service would show up at my door and tell me that I'm under arrest, right? Now, I my perception is I can begin to make statements about someone like Senator McConnell and say, like, I'm going to go to his house. Let's all go to his house and fight for our country. We have to fight. We have to take him down. We have to. And I can begin to lay out threats and later just say, I didn't mean it that way. And it's okay yeah. because our president did that. Exactly. The big lie of, of a, a stolen election has been proven again and again, bipartisan, nonpartisan mm -hmm. proof that it's a lie. He's lied. He literally said, mm -hmm. you have to fight for your country or they're going to steal it. Mm -hmm. We're going to march down there. Pence isn't doing his job. Take him out. Like all these, and maybe he didn't say exactly take him out. So I don't know that. But the things that he said, set all that up to incite violence. So if I, if he can do it, I can do it. If he can do it and not be held accountable, so can I. That's what that tells me. And so that's where we are now. That's where, that's what like you, and then to have McConnell say, the only reason I didn't vote the only reason I voted to acquit him is because you can't try a former president. Number one, number one, you made it impossible to have this trial start when he was actually president. So you, mm -hmm. number one, number two, that, so that tells me that if I'm being fired from a job and I burned down the building, you can't try me after I'm, after I've been fired then again, the crime happened. It needs to be taken care of. Like none of that makes sense to me. And so as, as an American citizen, I am absolutely infuriated by it and I am super damn confused by it. And now I believe that I can do whatever I want then because I'm not, I'm not going to be held accountable. Something else that uh, I want to point out is that, that the stop the steal, not March, I guess, event, whatever it was on the sixth before Trump got out there, he, they were they had these two video screens that were showing flashing pictures of Biden and AOC and encouraging the crowd, like riling the crowd up. And they would show these pictures and people would boo at them. Like, yeah. and that, so, and then he said, you know, let's, let's go wash, march down to Pennsylvania, march down Pennsylvania Avenue. I'll go with you. You're not going to go with them. Right. First of all. And, and, you turned an angry mob on these people. Yep. Zero accountability. And, and like, you know, I keep seeing thoughts from people, you know, whether it's on, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever in the news, like people are pointing out y'all who are surprised. Don't be your shock is not, first of all, it's not helpful. We've been telling you this for a long time. You know, here is another, another example of 
of classism, of racism, of privilege happening. This rich, white, powerful man can do and say whatever he wants and get away with it by other rich, powerful, white men. This has been happening since our founding. And and like we've talked about in the past episodes and when, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed of my whiteness. I'm not going to be ashamed of my, my biological sex or my chosen gender. I'm not, I'm not going to be ashamed of it, but I'm going to, but I do have a responsibility to take care of the world around me. And what I'm seeing is exactly what people have been telling me for years that this, there is white supremacy all around us. There is classism of protection of the top 1% all around us and it's playing out in front of us again and again and again. And until we finally accept it and understand it, it's just going to keep happening and we can't fix it if we don't acknowledge it and listen. You know, I say this about, you know, assault victims, listen to victims. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not listening to victims. We're not listening to our BIPOC population. We're not listening to our indigenous population. I mean, I know that's part of BIPOC, but like our, our black and Brown brothers and sisters, our indigenous peoples, our people around us who are telling us these things have been for hundreds of years. We're just like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. I go back to the LA riots in 92. That's one of my first real awakening moments of like, wait, what's going on? That eruption after the Rodney King beating in the, and then the subsequent laughable trial, like that uprising and that, like that, that's been it's been happening for a long time and we just keep going no 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 it's fine yeah and by we i mean white america stop it ah kim i don't know where i don't even like where where do we even start to go how do we so here so here's my thing how do we even begin to help unpack this you know you know president biden talks about unity i'm all for unity i want unity too but it's not going to be unity with traitors i'm not going to bend to traitors i'm not going to bend to extortionists i'm not going to negotiate with terrorists there can be no unity without consequences. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's that's me. That's what I think. I, I don't know, Dan. I, it's a very frustrating moment in our country. Um, and a lot of people are seem to feel like, and, and fair, um, this is it. This is the end. Where Trump's going to be around forever, comparing it to Hitler in Germany. Uh, very hard to argue with any of those feelings right now but i i would want to push back a little bit and i think one of the most important things that we have to do is we need to have a 9-11 style commission on this i need to know where the money came from where these permits came from who flew all these people out here out to washington um i need to know what trump knew and when he knew it pence mccarthy every Holly Cruz. I need to know who was in touch with whom at every single moment. All of that. We deserve to know every single piece of that information. That's going to be a, a huge way to help as well. Uh, and I think that we're going to also see some consequences, some criminal lawsuits happening here. Um, and I think that that will be helpful as well. Um, and then I think that we have to organize stay organized and stay active in in every single election yeah oh yeah yeah and and that's coming we need to start really oh god well, no that's all right um and, that, and that's coming from your your side of like what what is your political party your i don't know I hate to use the word tribe. I don't know your your group of people, your your community. That's what you're looking for, right? What yeah. What do I do? You know, I I look at so here's here's where I'm coming from. I don't even know if this is gonna be coherent, but we'll we'll try. <laughs> Fix it in post. Um, <laughs> you talked about the seven Republican senators who broke rank and put country over party, mm-hmm. and and I am just mm-hmm. uh, as a centrist, as a lifelong prior like Republican leaning person, I am thrilled that Richard Burr of North Carolina, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Mitt Romney of Utah, Ben Sass of Nebraska, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. Those seven Republicans broke rank. I am proud of them. 
I'm happy with that. I am like, they're not perfect. Just like president Biden's not perfect. Nobody, it's not about perfection here for me, but they finally said, stood up and said enough is enough. Um, in, in Michigan, we have two democratic senators, so there's nothing there that we can even really talk about as far as this goes, but on the house of representatives side to vote on the article of impeachment, um, our representative, two of them in Michigan, uh, Meyer and Upton voted to impeach. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So for me, as someone who is center, who is, I, I mean, I'll be clear. I have, I have quote left the Republican party because of how, what a, what a cult of personality they've become over the last five years. Not that I was ever necessarily a member, but like, I'm done. You, you there's no place for me here anymore. And so I'm, I'm done. But I'm not done so so far done that I'll never go back and vote Republican again. I want to be able to vote Republican when it, when they matter to me, and when they align with my other mm-hmm. values. So where do where do I go? How do I help those around me who are in that centrist? You know that because when you talk him about like you you want to know who knew what when you want to know the entire timeline you want to know like you want to know all this stuff. My thought is I yeah who cares? Like I don't want to know what and why and how. I want to know what's next. That's where I'm coming from. Like, I want to know what's next. How do we, you know, there, there needs to be consequences. I agree with you. We go down to, we, we, I see a danger of going down that rabbit hole too far of who did what, when, tell me exactly. Then it begins to feel very like QAnon conspiracy. We didn't know everything. And are we ever going to know everything? Like we just need to do. And I'm like, okay, hold on. What's next? How can we get this MAGA cult, cult of personality rooted out and how do we move forward? And how do we find a place for those centrists that, you know, I have people in my life that say, I don't like Donald Trump. I think he's an idiot. I think he's terrible. I think he's all these things, but because he has that R behind his name, I'm going to, I'm going to support him. How do we pull them out of that? I, so first of all, on the wanting essentially the TikTok of the insurrection, um, TikTok, not TikTok, the app, TikTok, um, which is what the president's daily schedule is every single day is called the TikTok. Maybe that's changed. <laughs> Maybe it's not called TikTok anymore because of it. Otherwise, it's confusing. It's very confusing. Um, uh, so, I, yeah, I, I want to TikTok of the insurrection um, because I think that that is one of the ways that we move forward is by um, bringing these things to light yeah. so that we can know. Uh, because I think also it starts to eradicate people out of the Republican Party, because first of all, maybe that's part of how we get. I, I'm going to keep coming back to Ted Cruz as the example. I understand that there are 43 other senators to focus on and one giant oaf of a man who used to be president who thinks he's going to do it again. And by the way, now ha- will he's going to run again unless he's in jail. So why don't we get on that um but i'm gonna use ted cruz as an example because nobody ted cruz is a deeply deeply broken man and not even ted cruz likes ted cruz (laughs) so that's why he grew the beard so he didn't have to really look at himself in the mirror um so he uh so i'll keep using that as as an example he also was pretty clearly taking part in the insurrection Mm -hmm. as far as like the lead up to it and everything so once we can start shedding some light on that that's me i I think that that is a really big part of how we move forward i want to know because maybe there are charges to be brought up against him i think that that is different than QAnon in that we're going to be looking at facts not i (laughs) whatever QAnon thinks they're looking at. You know what I mean? This would be this would be a fact-driven uh, investigation. How do we move forward? How do, how do we get these seven Democrat, or I'm sorry, seven Republicans to turn into 50 Republicans, right? Well, I would prefer they turn into <laughs> like 40 Republicans or 39 Republicans. <laughs> but um, how, how do we do that? I think there are a couple different ways. Um, I, I think that those seven Republicans need to be rewarded for what they did. Um, So what I would hope right now, and this is coming from not Kim, who (laughs) I don't want this, but also this is how we do it, is uh, I I do hope that people are donating to these seven Republicans, because that is a way that we should be rewarding our politicians. If you like something they said or did, you know, toss 10 bucks their way just for the day. 
you don't need to make a big gesture about it. Um, social media posts, is, that's great also. But, you know, throw 10 bucks in their accounts because they're going to need to run for office. And guess what? It just got a whole lot harder for them because now the MAGA cult will go up against them. Um, so let's reward them and, and show people that that your political bravery, even though it shouldn't be that brave to <laughs> do the right thing. Um, so let's do that. Let's also, I, I think, in start looking at smaller races, more local races, and see where there are level-minded, like-minded Republicans in your area, Dan, that you want to help support and, you know, help them through a house race or whatever, because that's how we're going to get these level-minded, you know, they need to be these extremists, these extreme, quote-unquote, Republicans, these always Trumpers, they need to be primaried. Because Trump's approval rating was 38.7% when he left office on his last day in office, 38.7%. The country does not like Trump. But the Republican Party, for whatever reason, supports him. So let's start primarying these extremists. Let's get them out of here. And let's bring in some more level-headed Republicans. Because that I can deal with. There are a lot of people saying, I think it's the way wrong take. Um, Fine, like, let him run in 2024. He's such an extremist. Nobody's going to like him. Let Biden beat him again. Well, excuse me. We barely, barely, by the, I mean, yes, we actually did very well. But it was really, really hard to beat Trump this time. I don't know that we can do it again. So I I don't want to deal with extremist Republicans. What I would rather have are people who maybe I disagree with, but I can at least understand where their head and heart are at. Head and heart. Great band, by the way. Um, So I I would rather have that. Barracuda. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Very good at playing that song on the Guitar Hero guitar. (laughs) Not to brag about my skills. So I think that's, that's what it would take the other thing that i also we just need to like i don't know can someone just like wave a little bit of um wilty lettuce in front of mcconnell and like get him to follow you out of kentucky and then never let him go back in so that he can stop being the senator because he has you say what you want about trump and i could spend a a couple days talking about him but also i'd rather just never think about him again for the rest of my life mitch mcconnell is the worst thing that has happened to modern politics. Not a fan, huh? This guy is a feckless monster. Yeah. I don't know much about him. I, I, I can't stand where things are right now, and I blame him, and so, like, I'm with you. I don't understand much about him, though, so I can't weigh in on that one. Um, Here's what I think that, what, like, the answer to all of this was right in front of our faces, or right in front of their faces, and I don't understand why it wasn't used constitutionally. If 80% of the senators had said they wanted to vote by secret ballot, they could have. They could have. Trump is going to run in 2024. And he's probably going to win the Republican nomination in 2024. You have people like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz loves running for president. Loves running for president. But now he can't. I say that he can't run what he'll do. What I've said before is that what he'll do is spend the entire primary talking about how he Trump was such a terrible president. He's so he's solely responsible for the insurrection. And then uh, as soon as he loses the primary, because obviously he will because he's Ted Cruz, uh, then he'll turn right around and say, like, no, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Look, he was acquitted. So, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter for Cruz. But like all these Republicans can get Trump out of their way. They could have gotten Trump out of their way. This would have worked for them. It would have worked in their favor. Vote by secret ballot, get him out of there, and then turn around and say, I don't know, go on OAN or go on your stupid Fox News or whatever and say, I I don't know. I didn't vote to. I voted to acquit. I don't know who voted for him. But they didn't. I was was looking over what each of the seven said, the the seven defectors said. and I, and I, you know, Ben Sass, I, I've seen some stuff from him that I really like. I've seen some stuff from him that I find deplorable. Just like all of us, he's yeah. he's flawed. But I, what I like what he said, you know, an impeachment trial is a public declaration of what a president's oath of office means and what behavior that oath demands of presidents in the future, which I love. Um, sad reality, if we're talking about a Democratic president, most Republicans and most Democrats would simply swap sides 
Tribalism is a hell of a drug, but our oath to the constitutions means we're constrained to the facts. And then he goes on to talk about how the president, you know, lied about how he won. Obviously he didn't, et cetera, et cetera. But that tribalism is a hell of a drug. That is what I keep coming back to. Kinism, something that I heard on a faith podcast about racism and that kind of stuff. Kinism is a big one. Tribalism, he calls it here. Um, You know, racism, all of that rears its ugly head. And in this MAGA call, it really raises its ugly head. And and I've seen some people, you know, call out air quotes like these seven and call them, them and others like them, rhinos, Republican in name only. And it's like, wait a minute, that's what you've done to your own party. You, you who are calling that most often are actually just pointing the finger back at yourself, in my opinion. In my estimate, you are not Republican. You are MAGA. And that MAGA is a cult because that leader can never be wrong. Like there are all these different reasons and, and checkboxes to what a cult looks like. And it has become not just cultish, it has become a cult. And how do we get our people out of that cult? That's what I keep coming back to. Whether whether you say you don't like him, but you vote for him because he's Republican, because that like that's that's cultish behavior. Whether you actually believe that he is just the greatest thing ever to happen to our politics and he can do no wrong, even though when he says something and it's proven wrong by a hundred different people, you're like, no, no, no. But he has he's the every like no, that's a cult. That's putting one person above everything. And and if you're if you're a Christian, that's idolatry. And that's wrong. Like there's so many things that, and I, and I just want to say to my fellow centrist folks who are struggling with that, I see you, there's a safe place for you outside of that cult. Please come out of it. And, and, and like, I'm not being a smart ass here. This is true. This is what I believe you, when you see his behavior as deplorable, but you just can't get over the fact that, well, he's better than blah, 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 whatever Democrat, like, no, he's not. No, he's not. The, the Democrats are not your enemy. They can be opposition. That's fine, but they're not your enemy. The enemy is the one who is trying to tear apart our constitution. The enemy is the one who said, literally, I could stand in the middle of fifth Avenue and shoot someone and they wouldn't care. He's proven that he was right. He was exactly, he didn't stand in the middle of fifth Avenue and pull a trigger, but he stood in the middle of sick of Pennsylvania Avenue and he incited a mob to go pull triggers and they killed those blue lives that you say matter so much bullshit. They don't matter to you one bit, but there's place for you outside of that. There's absolutely a place for you. I don't need your contrition and your apologies and your, yes, he was terrible and you were right. I don't need any of that. I personally don't need that. Just, just come out of it. Just come out of it. There's a, there's a place for you. Preach. I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I don't know where we, I I can't understand what the thought process is. And, and here's the thing is like, the other thing I come back to is I'm certainly not making light of what you're absolutely right is a cult. MAGA is a cult. So then let's just have Democrats, Republicans, and MAGA. Right. Fine. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Let's start doing ranked choice voting so that we can start giving people some fair choices in who they're voting for. Yes. And thanks to my friend Dan <laughs> Sally and his show, You Don't Have to Yell. I know what that is. And I'm... Hey, okay, I could have just explained it to you too, but congratulations, Dan Sally. You obviously have Dan's ear more than I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably fair. Probably good reason for that. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you the first time I heard about ranked choice voting, I had to ask them to explain it to me like five times. (laughs) Like explain it's like um when they're trying to explain how a uh, an overages in the office to Michael and he's like okay explain it to me like I'm a kid now explain it to me like I'm younger <laughs> like, like I'm a five-year-old okay yeah your mommy and daddy have um so uh, yes I, I think let's start whatever let's do rank choice voting and then you can have you can vote for a Republican first then you can vote for your MAGA then you can vote for a Democrat if that's how you really feel if Democrat is truly truly your last last choice I don't understand it it also feels a little bit like arrested development her um when you look at Trump just like him he's the one that you're him because what has he done what has he done nothing let me just sum it up. Nothing. 
truly, he's, all he did was say what these people wanted to hear. I want to, we're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. The wall is unnecessary. The wall was racist. The wall was a disgusting use of our funds here. I say our funds because you didn't finish building the wall and Mexico didn't pay for it. We did. And you paid for it out of our military funds. The caravan so. is coming. I'm going to protect this country. The caravan wasn't coming. All you did was spend, send our military personnel to the border for no reason during the holidays. And then it cost 13 people their lives in El Paso. So much for uh, supporting the military. Exactly. Blue lives matter. Blue lives don't fucking matter because you, when insurrectionists trapped a Capitol police officer in there, as somebody finally was able to help him out a little bit, you could see him being crowded and, and people trying to push him back in with a Blue Lives Matter flag flying in the background as this same group of people beat somebody, beat a police officer with a flagpole. Yep. So, so Colin Kaepernick can't kneel during the national anthem because it's disrespectful to the flag, but you can use the flag to literally beat the life out of a police officer? Well, well, you can when you're white. <laughs> I just like that. Like... There, there is a right way to protest and a wrong way to protest in this country. And the right way to protest is by being yep. white, not regardless of whether it's the correct thing to do morally, um, factually, regardless of whether you're what you're protesting on is something that you have made up or that your cult leader has created for you, i.e. the stop the steal, mm-hmm. or you're fighting, you're protesting for human rights and civil rights and just asking people to take a moment and remember that black lives matter but there's a right way to protest and a wrong way to protest in this country and the right way to do it is by being white and you can do whatever you want but a silent non-violent protest while being black not okay in this country shout out to the super bowl who spent a whole lot of money being like racism is wrong okay well cap didn't work on Sunday. So I don't know what you want. Like, yeah. And and by the way, like I say that I hope that the NFL, I really don't care about, I guess, um, is going to put their actions where their money went to over the Super Bowl because there were just so many ads saying like, we stand together, you know, we stand against racism, all of that kind of stuff. But then, then let's see some action behind it. Cause otherwise it was just some really glossy ads. And, you know, and, and, and like using your platform to voice. Okay. Like you said, great, great first step. But when, when it's the same organization who has, who has hidden domestic violence, who has absolutely like let it happen. And then racist, you know, structures, everything out. Like at this point, it's lipstick on a pig and I don't care. Quit, quit yeah. polishing that turd. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know? Oh. I also think it's so funny to me how the, protesting the nfl is like such protesting the nfl itself is such a picture of where we are as a country because um i have people in my life you have people in your life that are protesting the nfl because players kneel now i'm not protesting the nfl nfl because i i don't really follow football um but i'm certainly not going to get into football because i think that what the nfl does with things like what you just said with racism with domestic violence with all of that is abhorrent and and I don't want to support that. So I am not protesting the NFL because I don't care about football, but if I, I'm I'm not going to start watching it. So you have two exact, like diametrically opposed viewpoints with both the same idea of like, I'm not watching the NFL for the opposite reasons (laughs) and looking at the other people being like, you watch the NFL because of this. No, I don't. And it's still getting millions and millions of viewers, so nobody's not watching it. So whatever. Anyway, they're a nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that neat? That's neat. Yeah. As someone who works for nonprofits, isn't that just a kick in the nuts? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, As someone who runs a nonprofit out of my desk right. here in my one bedroom apartment, yep. um, congratulations to the NFL. I'm sure it's legit. Yeah. So that's the impeachment trial. Uh, the second impeachment trial. That's the interesting thing that we keep coming back to too. Yeah. Is like this is the second. Uh, it's the second acquittal. So I mean, that's that's where we are as Americans. But it's the second trial. Mm-hmm. Only president to have two. Um, and this one was should have been a slam damn dunk, but it wasn't. 
So whatever. Every American experiment sets a precedent. Yep, indeed. And that's, I, I think what Ben Sass said that's so important is that this was supposed to be a referendum on Trump. But like you said, why would it stop anybody else from doing anything? We just told every single future president that in what should be the most regulated time in your presidency, the last few days, the last few hours even, you can do whatever you want yep. because you won't be president anymore. Yep. Yeah, it is so so, so short-sighted mm-hmm. to look at this and go, well, you know, but he, but it shouldn't be here. But you know, whatever these excuses are, and to not realize the precedent that you are setting, it's so going to bite me you too, in the because ass. It's absolutely going to bite him in the ass. And a thought that just occurred to me for the first time is that it is an incredibly short-sighted thought process for a group of people and in a country where everything hinges on a 250-year-old document. Right. You're going to raise up the Constitution. By the way, like, not to belittle the Constitution. These are our founding documents. But, um, you know, we, we put everything on the Constitution. These are, uh, th- this is the foundation of everything in our na- nation. This is how we create laws and rules and, and all of that. We are doing it all on a 250-year-old document that will stand the test of time here in this nation. You would think, because, the, you know, people like Mitch McConnell and everything, they're originalists also. They think that the Constitution, as it was written 250 years ago, was what it should be. So they can look at that and say, that's going to stand the test, test of time, but not have the foresight to understand that when they do things like this, that will also stand the test of time. It's not about Trump. It is about Trump, but it's not about Trump. Right. This is about 150 years from now and what our country looks like. Because nobody had done this so far. So we had the opportunity to say, yeah, if you're the president and you incite a deadly mob in, and to raise up arms against our nation's capital, I mean, we're going to be upset and we're going to have some consequences for you. Doesn't seem like that wild of an idea. But instead we said, yeah, but like the timing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, maybe in 10 years we'll be talking about this from a different country because – I don't know if we can survive it. No. We can. We can. We can survive it. It's just so – I just don't understand. We can survive it. Oh, you're saying this will be a different country. Yeah. I thought you were saying from, you know, we'll be having this podcast in Canada. No. We can survive it. We can survive it. But it's going to take work. And it's going to take the work of our politicians. It's And it's going to take the work of people reminding the politicians, demanding better of our politicians – and if you can't rise up to the occasion, then demanding better politicians. Right. And, and and also seeing each other not as the enemy. Opposition, sure. As mm-hmm. long as our goal is the same, to have this country be the best that it can for all, which is what it's supposed to be. All are created equal. And whether you use the, the gender version, all men are created equal, or whether you just say all are, all people, all humans, right? Mankind, that's what that's supposed to mean, I believe. Like, we need, we need that. So we're not the enemy yeah. of each other. We can oppose how we get there. You know, do we fund yeah. programs through our taxes or do we do it through private funds? That's a, that's a civics debate, and that's a great debate to have. That's a debate we're going to have in a future episode for sure. I'm in for it because because the other thing is it's not binary. It's not. It doesn't. I don't believe it has to be all in one or the other. Oh, totally. right. Like well, not we, everything has to be government. We funded. should be saying not everything. Almost nothing should be binary. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that's like th- those are civics discussions and debates to be had. And you can have them passionately, and that's the point of all of this. But you are not my enemy because you vote differently than me. Now, if you are. Yeah brainwashed in a cult maybe you're my enemy at the moment but yeah but i had to i had a conversation with somebody on instagram last night um who i posted something on instagram and they're younger and still learning the ways of the world and so um they their immediate reaction was like well what about this I thought, was wait, like, that's I th- actually nothing i thought you were younger i'm super young so this person was a fetus okay, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah um I, their first their like comment against about my post was like 
I think you just wanted to maybe have a little bit of a debate because I don't know, I don't understand and think you know what you're talking about in this, but that's fine, whatever. Um, uh, but they did say that the people around them, they just moved, are really nice. And they're not saying it's a Democrat or Republican thing, but that, it, you know, these people are all Republicans and where they just came from, we're all Democrats. So, th- uh, so quote, I am saying kind of that it's a Democrat or Republican thing. And I had to really push back and be like, no, 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 no. Because you're still young and learning about the world. It is a great time to remember that we do not saddle, we do not group people and say, these people are nice and these people are mean. Period. Politically or any any other way. That's just not what we need to be doing. And so uh, (laughs) there are very nice Republicans and very nice Democrats. There are People are great and terrible all across. Yep. <laughs> doesn't take, it doesn't matter what your politics are. There are some people who are fantastic and some people who are pure trash. Yep. It would be interesting to to hear maybe in a future episode too, like who you see in your own party as not so good, right? Because we tend, oh, I would lo- because yeah. we tend, we tend to give them passes, right? If I'm going to vote all Republican, I'm going to, you know, they all get passes. But as soon as the Democrat does something <laughs> a little bit wrong, like boom, right? And so we could, you know, we could use examples, whether it's, you know, former president Bill Clinton and his abuse of power when it comes to, uh, you know, sexual harassment and and abuse, or we could talk about, you know, the uh, former president George W. Bush and the abuse of power to go to war with someone that we had no business going to war with. Like we could like this, it's okay to call those with whom we share a lot to call them to the carpet. I Oh, I'll tell you that there is a very prominent Democrat that I cannot stand. Let's take a note. And we'll save that for that episode. There you go. Let's take a note to have a plan. I don't know what we're going to call the title of that one, calling our own people out, but something. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a great discussion. Uh, we didn't solve anything, but boy, it was good. <laughs> As with every episode, we solved nothing. We loved having our own voices heard. Yep. And... But it helps. It help. I love solving our little problems here. That's right. It helps process for one thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, and for those who are listening, I hope that you got something out of it. Uh, process it as well. You know, if you want to have a discussion with us, email us myamericapod at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media, myamericapod on the social media platforms. Uh, I'm at Dan Moyle on Twitter and Instagram, and you can reach me there. I am at Kim Moffat on Instagram and Twitter. And wherever you're listening to us, you can go to the website, thestorytellersnetwork.com slash myamerica. That's where you can see episodes, uh, find show notes. Uh, Each of our show notes includes all of our links, also links that we talk about quite often, the articles, whatever it is that we're we're discussing are in those show notes, thestorytellersnetwork.com slash myamerica. Yeah, I think that's all of it. Is that our close? That's it. That's it. We We don't have music, right? Oh, do you want to do a little, give me a little something? Dun, 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 dun.